It has got to be a bit fun, though, hasn't it? It has got to be a yeah. bit of a laugh. You know? Yeah, I mean, we did some pantos with the same group as well, and they were really fun because it, it was kind of, it was just a complete mess around. And I've never, I'd never done pantos before, and it was just mayhem and chaos all the time. So that's when we could have fun, and then the musicals were very um, sort of straightforward. This is how we're doing it. Because you got your, as you say. Um... You're very, very talented, and well, you haven't said you're very, very talented, but I think Jane and I and, and, and those of us who know you would, would say this, that you are. You're a very talented singer, you're a very talented dancer, you're always the one, you and um, you and one or two others, Vanessa and so on, are those to whom our directors turn to say, how should this be moved, George? How should this be sung? You know, if Amanda's daughter's not uh, there, then um, that happens, doesn't it? I do. I have found that I've gained a bit of a reputation of if someone needs someone quickly, I'm the one they give a call. Mm. <laughs> I'm normally at least one, one, two or three on the list of, oh, you know, Georgie might be free. Georgie might be able to do it. I've had a few shows pre-lockdown a couple of years before that where they were like, oh, you know, someone's dropped out. We need someone. Who can we rely on? And that was really nice. But at the same time, it doesn't give mm. me much rehearsal time. <laughs> mm. so sometimes I feel like I'm rushing through things, trying to get prepared for a role sometimes it's really really nice but also a bit overwhelming yeah isn't it it's a good mm. overwhelm though isn't it do you yeah. think oh yeah definitely because mm. i feel like sometimes part of the thing i love about theater is the rush like mm. oh gosh like if this doesn't go right mm. oh god so it's very it's very adrenaline-y so i kind of got used to that adrenaline rush mm. it's very exciting isn't it it's very mm -hmm. very 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 exciting um and you, but of course, you don't do this full time, do you? With this, but if it, what you've just described feels like full time, really. Yeah. Sometimes it does feel like I, I would prioritize line learning over maybe doing some actual work that I get paid for. <laughs> or I'll be listening to my lines, like I record them and then play them back. So I'll be listening to my lines whilst I'm just typing away at work. So sometimes I do feel like it's kind of becoming a full time job, even though I'm not necessarily being paid for it so it can seem a bit naughty yes I don't tell just, any of my bosses this no well as i say only three people ever listen to this and what and they're and they're all here mm -hmm. uh you me and jane are probably the only people who will ever hear this mm -hmm. so uh but uh so we have no fear um yeah it is interesting how we remember the how, how it is interesting how the very first things you've both mentioned the things you were first in they stick in our minds, don't we? Those things that we do as children, they really, really, really do stay in our minds. And Amanda, just as you, uh, it gives me an opportunity to just to name joke Amanda a bit, and she's been on this thing as well. She's It's been amazing doing these podcasts, actually, because the things that I've learned about people's fascinating lives has been, has been amazing. But Amanda has been so critical, hasn't she? In um, there must be hundreds of people who look back at what happened at what at their work with Amanda to, to and think, wow, I owe so much to her. I mean, talking about gratitude and debt and so on. Virtually every young person I know and have acted with at Second Thoughts has at some time or another been in rogues and vagabonds or whatever. Is that I don't think that's been over exaggerated, is it? No, I think I think she's done a lot for me personally, because she she's the reason I joined Second Thoughts. She sort of said, you know, there's a role in a play I'm directing. Um, I was one of the older um, members at the time and she needs someone sort of, I think I was 16, maybe 15 or 16. So she needed someone of my age. Mm. Um, so there was me and someone else who got asked to do it. And we just 
got pulled in and then that was it I was stuck I've not mm. left since apart from mm. my three years at uni so you know she, mm. I owe a lot to her because none of this would have happened if I wasn't there mm. and obviously I've been with them since I, I think I was about 13 or 14 when I first joined so no that's a long and like you know, all the training that I had and mm. you know most of the choreography was Amy or there's another choreographer we had yeah. so I owe a lot to Amy as well because most of my dance yes. skills I learned from we her all, <laughs> we all do don't we a- Amy's an absolute mm. Amy's going to come on this as well. She's, she she agreed, although she may have forgotten that she agreed, but I won't let her forget. Um, uh, but she's done a lot of acting on the, uh, being very good to all of us, hasn't she, really, Amy? Very, mm-hmm. Extraordinarily. Generosity actually is a theme, isn't it, really? It is it, a real theme in terms of what we do. But before I come back to that, oh, I said we'd come back to something Jane mentioned earlier as well, and I will. But... um. Time is gabbling on and I'm gabbling on. What I wanted to say, though, was let us let's just for a moment do the thing about. um, uh, Because people have got different people in our, as it were, amateur world, a word I particularly dislike uh, being the pretentious artifact that I am. I personally prefer the word public to to amateur public theatre, I think, has a better resonance because the word amateur. I don't know what either of you think of this, whether this is a bit, uh, overthinking it, but, uh, uh, you know, the word amateur is necessary, has just become associated with things not being very good, you know. It, it, it's very cruel, that, isn't it, how a word that means, you know, to love something has become just an ordinary chit-chat. Oh, it's so amateurish, you know, which means poor. And that's, that's real shame. It's a real shame, I think, that's So i got this personal thing that, is public theatre is people getting up and you know because that we all know the quality of what sometimes we see in the amateur stage is phenomenal but neither of you chose to make this a profession or you did let's go to jane on that one first jane did you did you ever think you might like to earn your earn your corn doing this very early on it sounded exciting and my father sort of said no 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 don't be you've got to do something sensible um and then I probably had another opportunity um much later on and something stopped me and I wonder whether it was just because my motivation wasn't quite strong enough for whatever reason mm. Mm. Now, my daughter has just come in. I can cut this out if my daughter doesn't want to appear. Hello, my do- darling. How can I help? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. What, what would you do? Do you need something, my dear? Yes, of course. Are you going to go for a walk or are you just going out? All right. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yes, of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't worry at all. Don't worry at all. It's real life. And this podcast is about real life, but I won't include this bit in it because I'm not sure for me. Obviously, you're you're under sixteen, so you can't really be kind of you know, <laughs> thrust into international stardom. <laughs> Bless a cotton socks. So you so so for so one reason or another, it didn't. You you say not uh, you didn't feel sufficiently motivated, which is very very interesting, isn't it? Because you. you you describe the way in which so much of your life has been dominated by it, by theatre and performance of one sort or another. 
Yes, I'm not sure I can explain why. I, I think we probably just know is the energy there to sustain it. And sometimes it isn't, and it's you can't explain why. Mm. Um, or you could give an explanation, but it probably isn't the real reason. Mm. Oh, interesting. And Georgie, and, you, I mean, you're young enough, of course, to for not Jane and I aren't, but um, do, have you, do, you, do you do you do you think sometimes that you would like to do this for life as as a corn earning prospect? Well, I've, I I did try. Um, I, I, when I finished uni, I had a couple of years um, where I was working and earning money, and I was like full time, sort of nine to five job, um, and then. I think it was back in 2016, I got the chance to go perform at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Mm. And I kind of took that as my first opportunity. I was like, right, if this is going to work, this is an opportunity to try. So um, I sent out letters, emails, headshots to agents, casting people everywhere. Um, and I think I probably sent about 100 emails, sort of 20 or 30 letters. And one agent turned up at the Edinburgh Fringe, which to be fair, I understand, you know, it's in Edinburgh, but some of them did say, you know, we are looking, we, our books are open. Um, and and that agent eventually said no. And I think that was a bit of a knock for me because mm. I thought, I, yeah, if I'm sending out all these, I'm putting all this time in and I'm not getting as much back, is it worth the energy at the time when I'm also working full time? Mm. And I was doing two or three shows at the same time as that. So my, my days were taken up with work, my evenings were taken up with rehearsals. So, um, I kind of thought at the time this isn't the right time mm. so, and also I'm not I'm not unsurprisingly I'm, I'm not a very resilient person like you know I can take a, a bit of rejection here and there but the constant 100 emails and one email back was quite a knock so um I haven't ruled it out completely like mm. I'm still doing you know singing and I'm you know I'm trying to do professional things but I don't think at the moment it's the right time to be a full to go full speed ahead on mm. the on the thing again. I think the time will present itself if it's if it's something I can do. I mean, David Bradley, president of Second Thoughts, you know, he didn't get into professional acting till he was sort of late thirties. So there's, there's, <laughs> I don't think there's a time limit on it. I you know I might I might get to my forties and they're like, actually, you're exactly what we need. Mm. Um, I think mm. the fortunate thing is as well mm. um, that there are obviously times in people's lives where other things take priorities. You know, people might go off have families, they might have to retire because they haven't got, you know, enough, enough funds or something, some things like that. So that might be the time where I'm like, actually, this is it. This is a good time for me. So mm. I'm, I'm, I haven't ruled it out, but also I'm not, I'm not setting my hopes on it. I think if it, if it happens, it happens, mm. um, but I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing at the moment, doing bits here and there and, mm. um, it's more of a side hustle than a than an actual full time job. Mm, very interesting. And uh, and uh, now I better take us into a, a slightly different area uh, now, which is but is different yet related. What 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 shows have you? We'll talk about the future in, in the final bit of this, uh, which is <laughs> rapidly uh, hoving into view. But uh, what shows have you done? Um, uh, that you have very very fond memories of and uh and you think gosh i i uh i'd love to do that again or a part that you've played where you thought i'd love to play that i'd, I'd like to do that again or is there a part that you've that you've that but you both think uh oh, i'd love to play that one day um or a show that you think 
gosh, I wish we could do that. I wish we could do that. That kind of is wrapping two things up in one, but let us come to Jane for that first. What shows stick in your mind, as well as the brown bear, which will now stick in everybody's mind, uh, quite rightly. Uh, what shows do you, do, do you find yourself thinking, wow, that was a great experience? I think the ones that I've enjoyed over the years have been the comedy parts and they've been the parts where I've just felt completely at one with the character. Mm. Um, and the one that always comes to mind um, is Don't Dress for Dinner, which is a farce, which I did in Singapore. Um, it was a fabulous part in terms of being cast um, and worked brilliantly, but we had a very creative director and we had a cast. One of the lead men just happened to have brought his wife along for the audition, never acted in his life. He was a doctor, an Indian doctor from India. Um, and they were so short of men. They, the, the director said, have you overacted? He said, no. He said, read this. He said, you've got the part. <laughs> and this guy, it, it was just the most amazing. But he came to it with this wonderful, clear, pure, non-ego. And it just made it such a beautiful. And, and he was terrified of sort of touching me physically because it fast. It was a lot of sort of mm. slap tickle. Mm. that it made it even funnier. So on two levels, the cast got on well. It was creative, strong bond, and a very good script mm. um, and, and cast well. Um, and I, can, I think I can count on one hand where you have the luxury in amateur theatre for all that to come together. Um, we did Allo Allo as well, which I acted in and loved which was mm. just a guinea a minute from the start. I mean, it's just hilarious. Mm. Um, uh, again, out in Singapore. And Whisking Eggs here was good fun. Mm. And I think one of the things I particularly liked about Whisking Eggs was that we, we were able to refine it because we did it over a length of time. We did it twice. And there's something about coming back to a play once you, you've had a chance to get to know it really well, drop it, and then come back to it mm. where you can put mm. much, much more into it. Mm. Uh, I only saw you in one of those, obviously, because I've never been. The closest I've been to Singapore is an atlas. So, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but um, uh, I saw you in Whisking Eggs, which allows us to name check another of our friends, uh, Jackie Lines, who is a genius, who's been on this as well. Um, genius, friend of the show, friend of the show, show, get me. Um, <laughs> chit chat over Zoom, and um, but yeah, Jackie's a genius, is she not? She, not only the, in theatre, but in terms of well, generally how she how she improves people's lives in one way or another. Really, but you were terrific in that, and it was very. It was, if I might say, Jane, it was quite a saucy play. Great and, fun, uh, yes. yes, it was great. It was great fun, yes, yes. And uh, what about what about have you? You don't have to disclose any of this because people don't sometimes don't wish to for a very good reason. I, for example, wouldn't dream of mentioning that one day I should like to play Macbeth. But um, <laughs> there we are. I've said it. And King Lear. I think, I, you know, I'm sure I, I'm sure that will come along. That's what, partly why I did ZTU so that I could cast myself in things that I'll never get cast in. If we're talking honestly. Um, 
But uh, Jane, are there parts that you think, gosh, I'd love to do that one day? I just think some comedy, I, I think I really enjoy comedy. It's something about the timing. Um, I, I wouldn't pinpoint a particular role, um, interaction, making people laugh, hearing people laugh together, that sense of oneness that you get when, you know, we, we you all erupt in a, a sort of sense of, yay, mm. laughing at life, taking life lightly. Mm. Seems to me mm. just so enjoyable. Mm. Mm. Yes. And that, I gainsay, I venture to suggest, that get, get, getting that, that sense of laughter in the audience, I think that's one of the hardest things there is. Mm. Isn't it, really? That's why I don't do it, a lot of it, because it's too hard. Um, <laughs> if you're doing a tragic part, you, you know you're, you, you've got a fair chance, you've got a 50-50 bet, it's going to be, you're, you're being successful if you hear nothing. If you're doing comedy, it's got to be a laugh or it's dead. <laughs> yes, yes I, a good script helps, doesn't it? Well, it does help. Makes a big difference, yeah. But it's no guarantee, is it? You know, I mean, you've never had this experience, Jane, where you've told a funny line and no one's laughed. <laughs> you certainly have. <laughs> have you? I don't remember. I've never seen you. I've never seen your sense of timing is superb, isn't it, Georgie? Jane's, uh, Jane's comic timing. I only say that because it allows me once again to mention chorus of, dis of uh, disapproval, which I think is on my wall behind me. So there it is, directly above my bald little head. None of you are in those pictures, though. <laughs> but yeah, there it was good it is. fun, that, 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 that one. That was, wasn't it? That was. And you got a lot of laughs in that, Jane, didn't you? Now then, so Georgie, over to you. What shows do you remember with particular fondness? And is there part you are you like to play there there are a few that stick in my brain when someone says what's been your favorite thing um going to edinburgh fringe and doing rent for a month the musical um was crazy not just because during the evenings we were performing and we had two casts so one night i would be one role one night would be another role um, i played joanne and then a member of the chorus on the other night um, so not only that, but during the day, we would be on the mile performing, leafleting, talking to people and people would come up to us and say, no, I've seen Rent, you know, this many times. It's one of my favourite shows. And hearing the experiences really kind of brings it home. Um, and being in Edinburgh as well was just so that whole month of my life was just it stuck in my brain. Um, I also really, really enjoyed doing Lilies on the Land um mm. with the bear pit a few years ago mm. um not just because the cast was incredible it was all women talking the talking about these real stories from real people um mm. but also our director Lindsay was just i love working with her because what she kind of gives to a to a group she'll kind of come in and say right we're going to do this and then by the by the time you finish the rehearsal the end product is completely different to what you started with mm. and you feel like you've accomplished something at every rehearsal mm. i used to go home and just fall asleep i wouldn't mm. i'd be so tired from all of the energy that she'd mm. kind of be getting out of us mm. um and that was incredible and we got to meet real land girls as well and they came to see mm. the show so mm. that was quite it was quite personal it was like this is this is real this is not just a play this is real stories that we're telling mm. Um, mm -hmm. And we kind of revisited that a couple of times afterwards as well. 
Um, that was hugely successful, wasn't it? That that a, a lot of, a lot of people have got very fond memories of that of that piece. Yeah, and and Lindsay's kind of vision for it. You know, we're on stage the entire time. We had the Langer uniforms on. Um, we had real. We had the songs from the forties from the war. And I mean, I, I, it was really emotional for me hearing that, you know, this is what people did day to day. You know, I used to think, oh, you know, they just worked on the farms, but, you know, there was a lot going on and they were, they were really dealing with a lot of issues as well as just working on a farm. Um, you know, they, we used to call them the forgotten army because people mm. just forgot they existed. Mm. Um, so being involved mm. in that has definitely given me a different perspective on a lot of things. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was just a great experience with the whole team as well, with the whole cast. And other parts that you think, cool, one day. So many, so many. Um, I'd love to play either a big Shakespearean heroine. Um, I already, I played Helena just before lockdown last in twenty twenty. You 2020. did, and you were jolly good, wasn't she, Jane? <laughs> it was. It was. That's one of the parts I've always Jane's wanted. Nodding, <laughs> Sorry, Jane's yes, nodding, listeners. Jane's nodding. A nod doesn't work ever so well on the on the on the radio, Jane. <laughs> If I can give you that note. If I can give you that note. <laughs> but she, she's one of the heroines that I've always been kind of drawn to because you know she's often overlooked and she's not really given much much time. And I think actually she's got she's the reason a lot of that play happened the way it did. Um, so she was one of my favourites. But yeah, I'd love to play another one like maybe um, one of the girls in Actually Like It or um, in Twelfth Night. Um, but also, I'm a bit, you know, I'd love to play a Shakespearean hero. Maybe I'd like to play Hamlet. I don't ah, know. Um, mm. I just love Shakespeare. Shakespeare's one of those things that I just love getting my teeth into and discovering. But then there are a lot of roles in musicals that I'd love to get get, get my teeth into as well. So there's, there's a lot on the list. <laughs> I don't think we've got time to go through them all. Well, now, partly this is a selfish reason I'm asking you both this is because uh, like I was just, I was, I was kind of semi-joking about, about you know, the Zoom theatre stuff that that, that I, I, I do. Um, it'd be lovely to have you two involved in that in some respect. Um, and what I say to people generally is, you know, if there's a part you'd like to play or a, or a speech from a part you'd like to do, then, you know, so please consider this a public recorded invitation, uh, either separately or together, actually. Separately or together. Funny, there's not many jokes in Hamlet, but there are jokes, Jane. Um, uh, there are jokes. Uh, 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 well, I, it'd be, you'd be a lovely Hamlet, actually, uh, uh, Georgie. Just, I mean, yes. Hamlet and Gertrude. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, Jane, you see. Jay, you and Jane would be a good... You could be... be, be yes, very, very interesting. Um and uh neither of you are taking that bait so uh oh, I, was, I, was, I was twiddling my fingers i was i was getting getting ready ah yes uh but if there are other what i'd love to what i'm really keen to get into with this zoom stuff is not only parts that people have always wanted to play um but also plays that don't out of copyright pieces that that um because we can't we can't do copyright pieces because we've got any money um, you know that ha that haven't seen the light, or writers that don't get see, that will, will, will almost never get get to the stage. Uh, particularly, I'm I. This is just my own personal thing. I, I, I'm really really into um, Jacobean and Elizabethan writers who no one's ever heard of. <laughs> 
or and Jacobean and Elizabethan poetry that doesn't get a big audience. Not that I get a big, not that we get a big audience, but we, again, sometimes it's double figures. Sometimes as many as double figures, you know, and, uh, and, uh, but anyway, yes. And, uh, see Jane, you'd be very good at talking about comedy. You'd be very good in, uh, in a Sheridan uh, role. I think you'd love a Sheridan role, wouldn't you? You know, uh, school for scandal or something or, um, Lydia Lavish. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Malaprop. Now, Jane, there is a part. If ever it was a part written for you. Yes, I played that once. Have you? I auditioned for Lucy in the same play ah. and sat in the wrong place and was given the lead and <laughs> thought, oh, it was frightfully sort of <laughs> pleased with myself until I started to learn the words. And of course, because of the Malapropisms, it was a bloody nightmare, but it was great fun. Well, listener. If you'd like to see Jane and Georgie <laughs> on Zoom theatre, do drop a comment in the comments below. Now, Rachel Alcock always puts a comment in the comments below. So <laughs> if you're watching, Rachel, you know, tell us, tell, tell Jane and Georgie that they, they should be, because uh, Rachel's done it. She's done, I think she's done it twice. Now. Well, you've done it, uh, Jane, haven't you? Under the guise of under in Courier, you were, you were. Yes, that's of had, course, yes. That's yeah. had about 120 views now. That, uh, that the Courier, which is which is in our world, is pretty darn good. That's a whole house at the Bear Pit. <laughs> and in terms of Edinburgh, Georgie, you know, and the, uh, that, that's a Titanic audience. <laughs> well, I say Titanic, but I don't mean <laughs> sinking sense. So uh, I, we're now the sands of time are drawing to a close. <laughs> the lights are dimming, the audience are rustling. <laughs> Rachel's thinking, how much longer is he going to go on? Blimey. Rachel's a friend of the show. Not only has she been, I haven't interviewed her actually, so must must get must get her on this as well. So she's or, or everyone yeah that the, the land army's there georgia that proves the point doesn't it thing thing about you know plays about lives that theoretically on the surface you would think well that's going to be reasonably unremarkable but actually absolutely the reverse mm -hmm. and then the stories that they would they would mm -hmm. tell you know of, of american soldiers and italian prisoners of war and it was it almost seemed like they were kind of separate on this farm just you know working away and then all of a sudden this american group would appear and they'd appear at the dances and they mm. would then tell stories mm. almost mm. unreal mm. popular uh, uh, theater but there's a term for it isn't it? i forget what it is uh vox pop theater or something like that theater based on actual people's lives I... like a documentary or a verbatim yes piece. yes that yes so interesting because most people lead lives that they themselves don't regard as terribly remarkable but they jolly it's only about because you're in that world but to other people it's astonishing what people can overcome what people have overcome sorry this is turning into a monologue so let us let us uh finish with this we finish with this if you if you were to say to somebody uh, who was thinking about getting into theatre, and there might be post lockdown, people might be thinking, Ooh, always fancy getting into theatre in some regard. 
what are the greatest joys? It brings us right back to your first thought, thought your first uh, response, actually, uh, Jane, about you were talking about the kind of the, the sort of peace almost that, that, that these can bring. But what is it that, uh, what's, because there are lots and lots of groups in Stratford and so on. What are the things that are most attractive about being in a theatrical show in some regard, front or backstage? Because I know you both do, you do, you both do everything. Let's go to Jane for this first. This is your final answer. You can phone a friend if you wish. Uh, I can't phone a friend because I haven't got one. <laughs> Jane. I think it's being part of something that's bigger than yourself. And I think if you can, I think theatre forces you at certain times, if it's going to work, to drop all your ego. But there's a huge amount of ego in it as well, which is why it's incredibly painful and frightening. And so it's it's one of those alive moments like skiing down a slope or climbing a rock face or something where you're right in the face of the headlights mm. and you you there's no space to think you can just be you just are and when we are in that space we are bigger than ourselves something within us i think comes to the fore um and that for me is what theater's brought but it's equally, just one quick story. I remember when, in fact, it was the rivals when I was doing Mrs. Malaprop and I hadn't really sort of mentally been back in the theater long enough. And just before the show, I experienced incredible terror. And I remember going down is this particular theater, you could go under the stage and I knew under the stage, there wouldn't be anyone else. All the rest of the cast were out doing other things. And I sat under the stage and I thought, I can't do this. I just can't do it. I was terrified. <laughs> and suddenly the voice came to me you're not doing it for you you know if you focus so much on you if you mess it up you mess it up for everyone who's put all the work into it and something made me go out there and do it for something bigger than myself then it worked that came to me wow. I don't know where it came from but it wow. it's what took the terror away and I think wow. that captures theater it puts us in the spotlight as people and that's a very rich frightening but fulfilling place to be is it not is it not absolutely is and just to tell a lesser story than yours um but you it's jumped into my head when you told that one um when i was in body double that uh, uh um at the benefit some some while ago now actually written by the genius mark carey and in that, I had to, um, I played a, uh, two two parts, and one of them was Corpse, which I'm particularly good at, actually. Um, and uh, I was uh, killed and had to drop through a hole in the stage to underneath the stage in the bear pit. Been, the, the stage was built up and you, 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 you the, the, to create this space under it. So down I went. But I'm afraid I had rather less impressive experience than yours jane because i thought to myself because i had another two or three scenes after that so i dropped down under the stage and then thought i actually can't get out <laughs> so, 
So <laughs> it's not a case of I, I, I am paralyzed with terror, which I am all the time on the stage, I have to say. But I couldn't find my way out. There was a hole that led into the scenery dock at the back and I couldn't find it. It's like one of those bad dreams. <laughs> yes, it really was. It was really, and no one could say, this way, Graham. Because, <laughs> so I think it was a really cunning plan of Mark that I would never be seen again. However, I did emerge. Uh, but no, it was quite a, yeah. Mm. Georgie, what is it about theatre that you think? It's not a job interview, this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Your very best qualities. What do you, what, 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 what's the, what's the excitement of it? Because it is, it is the best thing in the world, I think. I think it's, it's, for me, I, I just enjoy being there. Like Jane said, being and not being anything. Like, I think that one of the hardest lessons I had to learn as an actor is that you can't act if you're acting you're not there you are just you just are i think learning that lesson once you kind of know that you can take the character where it goes because it'll take you it'll take you you'll just you'll just know um and i think that kind of thrill of what if the scenery falls down what if you fall mm. over because i've had it before where i've had to wear character shoes on stage and i'm not used to walking in in heels very often and the floor was particularly slippy that day and i almost went <laughs> straight down on the floor and the thrill of of anything could happen on that stage and I don't just mean bad things, I mean good things. You could feel something that you've not felt before and the audience could just roar with laughter mm. absolutely on their feet, standing ovation. Mm. Mm. It's it's the not knowing. I mean, normally I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to know exactly what's going on on stage. You know, where's my costume? Where's my shoes? But if you just kind of think it'll happen, it'll fall into place. Mm. And then you just, you just are, you're just there. Then there's just no feeling like it. And you just, I remember there have been a few times when, I've stood on stage after a particularly strong, like I did Maiden Dagenham a few years ago. Mm. Oh, and, why? Of course, yes, with Richard. Yes, mm. yes. And, and standing on that stage at the end when we've told the story of these women and just seeing the audience on their feet mm. every night, this, mm. you just feel like you've told a story and mm. people know now because mm. essentially we are just storytellers. And I, I'd much prefer doing theatre that's, not that I don't enjoy theatre that's not necessarily real, but like a real story that's mm. not really told very often. And we mm. have that incredible opportunity to tell the story and change people's lives. It's just so fulfilling. Wow. I'm going to finish it there because though those they're both beautiful responses. So let me just say uh, that first of all, we of course we I will have a little thing on the podcast to to celebrate the fact that uh, that we are in fact back in the theatre, and uh, are either of you in the one act play festival uh, thing at the Bear Pit? I'm directing, but um, are you indeed? Talk. What are you directing, Jane? Oh, a 25 minute version of Happy Talk. Ah, Angela's play. Mm. Yes. So that's your, and then and then the, then then uh, Amanda's piece in uh, uh, August, of course, yes. the Shakespeare Review. Jane, thank you very much for submitting yourself to this experience. Georgie, thank you very much, and that, and and thank you both for and seriously quite. Thank you both for all everything you're doing. 
really to keep this uh, experience that you both describe so passionately and so eloquently available um, to the rest of us. Thank you, Graham. Thank you.